hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing, my friend? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I, I guess we should uh, <clears throat> intro this for the potentially people listening on Spotify after the fact, right? Very true. Very true. <laughs> How's my volume sound? Am I good? You sound good. I put headphones in. You have your headphones on? No, I'm just talking on like speaker. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know which one to do, so I'll probably experiment a couple of times. <laughs> You don't hear my TV, do you? Uh, no. Do you hear mine? Okay. No. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the first, if you're listening to this after the fact, the first of what we're calling our green room get togethers for Bellator 275. Um, we are already at the co-main event, just the way it goes when the uh, card starts at 4 p.m. and your boy is lucky to get out of work at 5 p.m. Very true. I, you know, Dominic, I kind of can't help but feel like I needed a PFL card today just so I could have probably would have made it back in time before the first fight started. And, you know. Hey, at least you can go right into the Challenger Series tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So we're going to work out the kinks live here because we've never used this before. <laughs> yes, very. So we're just going to try to figure this out as we are watching this co-main event that so many of the Irish fans have been telling us is a big deal probably the biggest fight in our women's MMA history. It felt that way too, man, if I'm being honest. Like they were hyping it up beforehand on the production side of things and everything. I love it. Speaking on the production side, did you uh, check out, did you get to watch that little um, video they did? It was when I was pulling in my parking lot. I was watching it, the, the little thing they did on Austin Vanderford. Oh, yeah, with him and uh, Paige. Yeah, so yeah, they're really going off about the relationship thing, huh? So can I just say how much that reminded me of like I liked it, don't get me wrong, but it reminded me of like an intro to like you ever watch some of those old MTV shows from like the early two thousands, like parental control? Yes, and I know how big you are on these types of shows too. <laughs> yes, I I think I've said that before. As Sinead Cavanaugh is about to break that off. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Arms aren't supposed to bend this way now. Oh my god. Oh wow. Oh, 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 god. I don't like this. I can't watch. I'm looking away, Dom. I'm gonna vomit live on our oh first god. green room. Wait oh a minute. She's, she's not tapping. For those that don't know, Liam McCourt arm is bent at a this I don't happened. know, three hundred degree angle here, if my math is correct. That is this angle is becoming obtuse. <laughs> I don't know if it's obtuse or cute. I think it's not broken. I, I think it's just dangling. How she hasn't tapped is beyond I can't, me. Oh, I'm not watching though. So, like, I don't know if it's broken. Okay, what is that? Okay. <laughs> this is crazy. <gasps> oh, she's twerking it again. What the fuck, man? Liam McCord is a fucking dog. Can she really last 50 more seconds here, though? Wait a minute. Dude, she brought her back in. She brought her arm back in. Dude, you've got to be kidding me. She got it. She's grasping it with her other hand. Oh, oh my. Wow. She got out of it. Her arm's got to be fucked, That's though. crazy. The fact that she uh, just survived arm, that, though. I think her arm. Oh, <gasps> I think her arm's fucked. We got 25 seconds left to go here in the first round, people. And, and it, to me, it feels like the longer this fight goes on, the more it favors Liam McCourt. Yes, very much so. I agree. Now, I don't know how how much that arm is compromised, but Sinead Cavanaugh probably just exerted a lot of energy trying to get that finish. Um, that could be something to watch out for in round two. We're going to get the round two, Dom. Yeah, wow. I've never seen a Kimura sunk that deep and not uh, had the fight finished, truthfully. Now I got to go back to my MTV point. Okay, here. yeah, back to MTV. Sorry. So did you ever watch like Parental Control? I don't believe so. Okay, but basically, like, it, you, there's a few shows like this. Like, I remember, God, what was Next, which was, like, where they have, like, five single guys on a bus and then a girl outside, and, like, they get taught. It's like the one guy comes out, and they go on, like, a date, and if there's something she doesn't like about him, she goes, Next, and then he's out, and then the next guy on the bus comes out, and whoever lasts the longest or, like, lasts the – you last an hour, 
you can either take like a thousand bucks or you can go on another date with her or something like that. It sounds familiar. <laughs> There's a few shows like this back in like the 2000s and all the intros are like the same. You get this like punk music in the background. They're like, hey, what's up? My name's Steve. <laughs> I'm, from, I'm from Palm Beach. Uh, you know, I live with my parents, uh, you know, stuff like that. And that's what that Austin right, Vanderford right. intro reminded me of. Just less douchey, of course. I love, though, I mean, I got to give it to the guy. He really embraces the Mr. Van Zant nickname. I mean, he does. Because going into this fight, everybody kept saying it. And I'm like, I get it. You know, it's a big deal who his wife is, you know, Paige Van Zant. But, I mean, look, this guy's undefeated, you know, legitimate threat here. Let's give him some respect. But in that promo, he's like, no, dude, I actually love it. He said one of his opponents called him that one time before I... the fight, and then he just smashed him. I'm like, all right, dude. <laughs> I could see that being something his opponents try to. What the hell Ooh, just happened? Was that, a, was that an ankle roll, or did she just? That might have been a little bit of everything there, Noah. I don't know. Hmm, I think we're good. I think we're good right now. Very interesting that Kavanaugh is kind of initiating the clinch here. I thought McCourt, if I remember right, is quite the judo specialist. So, um, Sinead Kavanaugh, more of the boxer, five-time Irish boxing champion, had said on her walkout. Well, yeah, that's what was interesting, too. They did an interview with John Kavanaugh before this fight. And he's like, yeah, um, you know, we know that Kavanaugh has a very dangerous, you know, arm bar and arm triangle. And I'm sitting here thinking, wait a minute, we're talking, you know, a five-time champion in boxing, like you just said, and she's a threat on the ground, too. So maybe there's just more to her game than what we've seen from her in Bellator, maybe? I would say that that's a possibility. I mean, you know, we're obviously not as familiar with these two as the Irish fans are going to be or uh, maybe hardcore Bellator viewers are going to be. But, you know, I think the majority of what we've seen from Kavanaugh is literally like just aggression, uh, very good punching power and in your face immediately. And I mean, she's kind of doing that here, but I mean, she's showing a much more well-rounded skill set, I would say, than what we've been accustomed to. Right, right. Also, I know they said this prior, but I'm seeing it now live. Uh, if you look at Kavanaugh, her physique is so much more lean and just she looks a lot stronger, that, you know, compared to what she did in that title fight, man. It's very noticeable. Yeah, she's definitely shown me more than she has previously. I mean, she was, what did you say, four and five, I think you said on our episode in Bellator? Yeah, four and five in Bellator. Which, I mean, I get it. In this division, like, you know, she, she is one of the better women's featherweights, even despite that as Leah McCourt is looking for a standing uh, guillotine right now. But I don't think she's going to be able to get that. Yes, and Aid's kind of got the double leg in. I don't know if she's she can commit to it, though, up against the cage like this. Yeah, for what I will say is even though Kavanaugh – look at that. Oh, that was – oh, she reversed it? Wow. wow. That, that, what, a, what, a, what a grasp by Sinead Kavanaugh there to hold on. <laughs> You know, it's, what I will say is even though Kavanaugh's kind of clearly winning this fight right now, McCourt is like – her defensive capabilities are very strong thus far. Yeah, yeah. It's just unfortunate we haven't really gotten to see much offensively from her. It's inter It's always interesting, too, these types of fights because that was like kind of the big narrative, too. Not only are they like, you know, the two women from Ireland, they're both top five in this division – and McCord obviously has, you know, all the momentum going into this, even though it doesn't look like it right now in the fight. But these two have trained together in the past. So you always wonder, you know, we talk about that in our previews and stuff when these fighters get into the cage, you know, do they know truthfully deep down who does have the advantage over one another? I always think it's an interesting tandem to have. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, this has been all Kavanaugh, man. It really has for we're going on nine and a half minutes. Yeah. And, you know, if you're Bellator, if you're Scott Coker, you're probably hoping McCourt wins this fight, right? Yeah, I mean, for parity in the division, you've got someone that has a lot of momentum. Like I said, she's undefeated in Bellator. She does the commentary and whatnot on their broadcasting. Like, you know, as a business, you would think they would want McCourt to win this, but it is not looking good right now. And not even just that, it's the fresh matchup, yeah, exactly. too. Patnall obviously didn't do much with her chance against Chris Cyborg. Oh, my Ooh. God. Some nice elbows. Oh, man. Really good. Oh, what the? Tell me she didn't just. Did she just snap her ankle? I hope not. She held her knee. I hope something didn't just tweak there. Uh, 
I wonder if that's a follow-up from earlier in the round. She did not get right back up. She is – Yeah, she's she accepting on her back. I, I'm Leah. I'm wanting her to stand up yeah, here. I'm wanting to I test know, it. I don't know if she's aware of what really happened there. Oh, she gets down. That's I don't know if I like that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, this regardless of these final 40 seconds, this is still Kavanaugh. I mean, this is going to be too low here, I think. Yeah, and even right now on her back, she's still landing nice elbows. Yeah, I mean, this really is all Kavanaugh. We'll see what happens here at the end of the round. She's going to have to get back up and get over to her corner if she wants to continue. She's not going to be able to pull a shot in O'Malley quite yet. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I mean, here we go. We're going into the third round. And if oh, I, I – she, she does – something doesn't look right. Oh, don't cut the replay now. I want to see her walk back to her corner. Oh, man, her knee buckled. Did you see that in slow-mo? Oh well, man! Is she, I mean, she's—is is that the replay of her just what we just missed? Is that her walking back to her corner? Oh yes, her knee is. I didn't even notice that part at the beginning of the round. Yeah, see, I, that's what I saw, and I was like, "Did her?" I couldn't tell if it was like a, a rolled ankle or something, which I guess it's worse. Ooh, it looks like and, it just gave out. God, these women are fucking. So we watch this here. Oh, I don't know. She grasped it too. Something's definitely wrong. Well, yeah, and it, it's like dead leg in her. Like both times it just buckled and she immediately goes down. It doesn't look like it's like buckling in a wrong direction necessarily. Like it literally looks like it's just like dead leg in her. I mean, you, you got to think now if you're McCourt in her corner, she knows of this injury now. You would think the coach has told her. So you're trying to keep your distance as much as possible here on the feet. You cannot let Kavanaugh take you down here. Look at the shot right. of Conor McGregor. There's a shot of Conor McGregor. I, it's so weird seeing them so prevalent on this Bellator. I, Bellator's uh, all over it, too. I respect it. Did you see Scott Coker? Oh, my gosh. She, she, yeah, this fight's going to be stopped. Oh, wow. Oh. oh, she's done, I think. Oh, I think she, I mean. That was a nasty leg kick that she just threw at her, too. Oh, man, another nice oh. leg kick from McCourt. Kavanaugh is hanging on for dear life. I don't know if she can take any more of those. It doesn't even look like courts. I mean, great game plan for this round. Oh yeah, I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, see, Kavanaugh switching stances, going southpaw now. That that should help her a little bit, but now she's got to use her left leg, which is the compromise leg, as like the uh, what do you call it? Like the push off leg, the the leg that's got a right rather than it be the lead leg. Right. Oh, but she's still throwing. See, if you're McCourt here, you can't let this happen. This is the last thing you want. Yeah. I mean, this is – yeah, exactly. She's looking to make possibly some sort of judo throw, but I, you got to create more space here if you're Leah McCourt. I mean, this isn't exactly the uh, – Yeah, you've got to get this fight out back at the distance if you're McCourt if you want a chance. Did you tweet this out, Dom? I'm assuming you did. Uh, I did. I did. Okay, I'm going to go share it for you. I mean, honestly – I kind of just like, <laughs> kind of like talking. I just love being able to watch these live and get our live thoughts. This is like a something we haven't had to do yet, you know, content-wise. This is fun. I'm gonna come hang out. Something. Come hang out. Hopefully, for those that are listening to this after the fact, I think we're just gonna post these for shits and giggles. You know, if you want to listen to it, it's fine. A little extra content on Spotify and whatnot, but. Um, yeah, this is something really different, guys. We're watching this live, obviously. So when you are hearing this, it's like you just know that these fights are in the past. But it's still – you kind of get to hear us break down fights live rather than, you know, after the fact, which is a completely different version yeah. of what we would do in a recap episode. Yeah, we really did no test run of this or, like, we've never actually done this, this format before. <laughs> and so far, I mean, I kind of like it. Yeah, this is super fun. I randomly – I was sitting in line to get my sister from school yesterday. And, uh, Which you might want to – sorry, not to cut you off. You might want to go no headphones. There's like a slight – like when you talk, it's like a slight static that I hear every time you like talk. Okay, okay. Let me mute real quick and unplug it. But, yeah, it looks like here two minutes left. Leah McCourt has top position. She's looking for some sort of submission here. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, she's got the mount now. Well, yeah, this is big. I'm dangerous. back. We've got a we got a finger in the butt. We've got a finger in the butt. Okay, it's it's done. We're good. We're good. Whoa, whoa, whoa! 
<laughs> this is an MMA podcast, guys. We are watching Bellator 275 <laughs> uh, co-main event. <laughs> yeah, what did, what did my channel just turn to? <laughs> I mean, this is big for Leah. Don't get me wrong, but you have to finish the fight here. Otherwise, you're still going to lose this. Yeah, I mean, even if she does win this fight from here, I mean, does a part of you question the fight IQ to kind of do this in round three? I mean, I get it. Maybe it's not really just, you know, where she's taking a fight. Kavanaugh has a effect as well. But, you know, immediately kind of going for the clinch or backs up against the fence. I get it. Kavanaugh's a, a very strong opponent. But now you're on the ground, like, yes, you have dominant position, but no submissions really, not doing a ton of damage on the top. But you got to kind of question maybe what McCourt's right. thinking here. Uh, maybe she thinks that last round, that last 30 seconds might have won her the round, but definitely not in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you have to have a sense of urgency here. I mean, we're talking, we've got 50 seconds I was about to say she's letting hands go, but she kind of backed up. You know, and, and maybe I shouldn't be that way because, I mean, she, I'm, for all we know, that left arm or right arm, I forget which arm it was, is is severely compromised. I mean, it doesn't necessarily look broken right now. Oh, oh, she's trying to pull off a last-second heel hook here. This is going to be tough, though. Oh, boy. Either way, when a heel gets locked up like this, it makes me want to kind of look away. No, it's Kavanaugh's out of it. Dude, that – oh, wow. No, Kavanaugh's landing some – some really nice shots. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is a statement right here. I mean, yeah, what really, what a what a performance here from Kavanaugh, regardless of finish or not. But to do this, uh, and then especially on a bum knee, flip the position here and nearly take the round and uh, almost get a 3-0. I mean, what a way to finish the fight. That's impressive stuff right there. Both women showing a lot of heart there. I mean, I can say whatever I want about uh, McCourt's fight IQ or her – you know what she did there in round three, but to battle through that submission attempt in round one is uh, most people probably would have tapped that. I mean, her arm looked wildly out of place. So, yeah, I mean, what what a wacky fight. We almost have an arm snap. We've got a knee that. I mean, you'd have to think there's some ligament damage here from Kavanaugh. Wow, Inter- I mean, what a what a performance. What a bounce back win for Kavanaugh. She really needed that. To get this in a high-profile bout, a co-main slot, I mean, good for her. That stinks if you're Leah McCourt, but still young, 29 years old, like, you know, nothing to hang your hat on. I mean, clearly if you're her, you go back to the drawing board and you're going to be able to see the mistakes that you made here in this fight. Excuse me, I just sneezed, but I muted. (laughs) You're good. I'm going to get the tweet ready here. I've been I've been attacking Dom for a spelling the last few weeks, so now I'm on the. I know the second I see anything from <laughs> Noah, I'm gonna. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's why when I was when I was I was driving during the feature bout of this card home from work, and I saw that the um, that the, I, I was listening to it through my car, and I saw where they ended it after round one. I was like, Dominic, I'm driving. Please, like, please post a tweet. Dude, and of course, I don't know if you got to like see that fight, but uh, the featured bout uh, between Sierra and Clark and uh, Abdu uh, Tunkara was weird because it was a really fun first round. Abdu looked like he was on his way to getting the secure in the round win, and then he's in his corner, and his shoulder was completely bum, and they called the fight. It was a uh, like injury doctor stoppage, so Clark gets the win even after losing the uh, fight. Here's the scorecards here. So yeah, we've got a unanimous. Was it? It was a twenty uh, thirty twenty seven, and then twenty nine twenty eight times two for Kavanaugh. Gotcha. So I mean, yeah, there's Connor again, happy for Kavanaugh. The story there is the amount of heart those showed, but I mean, you got to give it up for Kavanaugh. What a bounce back from you know what was a pretty iffy performance in her in her opportunity against Cyborg and. Here she comes back in a big way. Right. <laughs> Look at this. We got. Oh, she chose to stand. I respect it even more. Let's go. Yeah, How about Big John willing to get down on an yeah. E though for the uh, for the interview? What a guy. 
as a big guy, I can say it's not easy. <laughs> Chivalry is not dead, ladies and gentlemen. I imagine at his age, it only gets harder. <laughs> now, you know, what do you think of Big John on Showtime Booth? Are you a fan? Yeah, I really like Big John, man. I mean, we know he's got uh, the really good podcast weighing in with Josh Thompson. Obviously, they're both here, part of Bellator's commentary. Uh, but I really like getting the mindset of one of the leading you know, refs in the entire industry for years and years. I think he does a great job. I love how they implement the, uh, like the John McCarthy live scoring. I think that's a neat little thing to kind of pick his brain in between rounds too. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I like that he scores the fight. I really do. You know, I, I've seen a lot of people, again, MMA Twitter is an interesting place. And uh, Very. I've seen a lot of people, there, there's a, you know, it's kind of like where you, you see those whispers about Daniel Cormier or Joe Rogan's commentary. I've seen that uh, just probably considering it's a smaller promotion. I've seen that probably more for John McCarthy than I have either of those two. Yeah, I, I, it's weird. Know, I, I've never had any issue. I, again, I when I watch these fights, like right now we have the volume real low, obviously. But yeah, yeah. Um, typically, whenever I do listen to commentary, like – I really don't pay that much attention to it. Like I'm pretty much focused on the fight. I kind of get lost in the fight. I don't really listen to what the commentators are telling me. So I guess I just, maybe I'm just easier to please than most, you know? Yeah. We're, we're easy going fellas, yeah, you know, there's this tweet. Cause I cannot multitask for the life of me. Kavanaugh comes out on top. Tom. <laughs> this is really riveting stuff. Unanimous. Decision, and it was thirty twenty seven. Yeah, and then uh, twenty nine twenty eight times two. Oh, fantastic! Kavanaugh still. Oh, there's a uh, Connor's helping Kavanaugh get back. They're carrying her back. This is. Okay. I mean, that's that's awesome stuff. I got to say, Noah, you know this Irish crowd here. Can we get a show one a month in Ireland from one of the three major promotions? Because these fans show up and show out. And I got to be honest, if I'm Bellator, they really serve this market uh, a lot more than what the UFC can. Uh, the Bellator has a lot of Irish fighters that they can stack these cards with. But if you're the UFC, I mean, really, there's not many. You've got Connor, you've got Ian Gary now. But outside of that, the UFC's never really had a big, you know, Irish fighter you know, base on the roster. So Bellator really locks this market down right now. I really enjoy these shows here. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I would say that but I, maybe it's a given. Maybe this is like something that most people just know. They're like, yeah, that's obviously. But one of the top five crowds in MMA has got to be the Irish fans, right? I mean – Oh, I mean, they're unreal, especially when their own fighters are coming out. You're you're not going to see people. I mean, it reminds me of, you know, like when a Jose Aldo is fighting in Rio. They just go absolutely nuts. It's amazing. Yeah, and I I would be interested, like, is is Ireland, like, is that the top crowd? I mean, is there, what crowd really beats that to you? In terms of just everything, you know, they're so loud. They're so passionate. They're so crazy. And being that I think there's not, you know, a ton of Irish fighters. It makes it even more important to them when they get these shows. But we're talking, I mean, this is the second card in, I don't know, five or six months that Bellator's been over there. So it's not like they're, you know, taking huge gaps. That's what I really respect here. And if they've got the Irish fighters to do it, then have it there. I mean, we're, uh, they were saying earlier, the first fight of the night on the early prelims, which again, many people don't show up for the prelims at a UFC fight, let alone Bellator, but this arena was almost full for the very first fight on the card. So they're built different over there in Ireland for these fights. <laughs> they really are. I got to give a, a shout out to the, you know, really that the whole continent over there, the fan base over in Europe, how they constantly have to go through those unique start times for UFC yeah. cards and, and whatnot. We got our taste of that today with one FC. I mean, it was kind of easy for me because it was a work day, so I was already up anyways. But, um, you know, if this was Saturday morning and we were having to be up at 7.30 for 1FC, I mean, it would have been would have been kind of the challenge. But It's a bit of a pill to swallow, for sure. But, you know, it's hard to, like, use it as a reason not to do it when those fans have been literally doing that for their entire lifetime as a fan. 
<laughs> yeah, we, we can't complain too much, I suppose. Speaking of 1FC, Dom, I know this is more for Bellator, but uh, have you had a chance to watch? And if so, what did you think? Yeah, I was able to watch – let me think. So I was able to watch uh, Ong La Song and um, Vitaly Big Dash's fight. Uh, a fun little scrap, Big Dash – did what he needed to do. He really looked good in the grappling realm. It was more one-sided than I think we had hoped for. Yeah. This big payoff, you know, this big trilogy. And really, if you're a big Angla Song fan or uh, just a fan of 1FC, it might have been a bit of like, oh, your biggest fears kind of coming true and that he maybe is just not the same guy anymore. Um, Of course. off those two back-to-back title losses to Rainier de Ritter, who was in the main event. We'll talk about him in a second. But uh, losing both those back-to-back, of course, no slouch. Probably the best fighter in the whole promotion. I think he showed that here. But uh, to follow that up here with Vitaly, who has had some questions on his own about maybe how much he has left. And, uh, you know, it just seemed like Lasong just really wasn't able to stop those takedowns. And, um you know, it was it was uh it was an interesting fight. Not a not like one that's probably gonna be, you know, remembered super highly. Apparently their second fight is like an all time classic, so I'm probably gonna watch that at some point. Uh but they hadn't fought yeah. the, the last time they fought was twenty seventeen. So this was a trilogy that uh, was years in the making, um Yeah, we've been seeing those a lot lately, I feel like, but uh it definitely was it was it was I had a really fun time getting to just have a glimpse of one live i've never gotten to see a card live or i guess i did with the tnt cards in 2020 but this one felt like you know the legitimate one they're over there in singapore it was just really cool to get to witness that in the main event if we're transitioning i mean from de ritter you want to talk about just a clinic fighter in one championship i mean come on man unreal now i i will say that like the size difference was pretty stark i mean you had the welterweight champion kamran abasov and he's going up against a double champ at middleweight and light heavyweight. So, I mean, right. these guys had multiple divisions in between each other in terms of size. But I, it doesn't matter because Abasov is a, is a great stand-up fighter in his own right. But, again, very opportunistic was the Ritter here. He put on clinic. I mean, literally everywhere the fight went. I, he almost got the finish at the end of round two. I don't know if you noticed, but – Abasov like tapped right as the bell rung, so it didn't count. So he basically had Abasov quit before round three even came, and obviously a minute in, uh, he got the actual finish. So what a performance! I mean, really a stamp that's like the Ritter is the pound for pound probably number one fighter in the whole company. Oh yeah, I mean it was absolutely unreal. He made no mistakes from start to finish. For you know it was twelve or. Uh... 10 minutes and 57 seconds that the fight lasted. He looked unreal. I mean, he made a fan out of me. I'll tell you that. I I knew of him and how good he was, but I knew how good Abasov was as well. But to see just the skill gap, and again, there was the size with the different weight classes, so you do have to take that into account a little. But, man, just the skill discrepancy was quite large. De Ritter is, like, legitimately probably one of the best fighters, regardless of major organization in the world right now. Yeah, so th- those were uh... – I actually have to go watch those two fights like on my lunch break because I, I <laughs> hey look guys, I, I work an office job. I mean I don't get me wrong, I had I had one FC playing off to the side while I'm doing <laughs> my spreadsheets and whatnot. But right. sometimes you're in meetings or sometimes my boss pulls me in to do some stuff. You know, I can't watch I can't be glued to it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean you're so, a busy guy. Yeah. So I wasn't able to watch those fights live, was able to go back probably, I don't know how long after they ended, an hour or so after they ended and watch them. But I did get to see the opener of the main card live. There was three MMA bouts on this main card. Uh, Fabricio Andrade, Dom, I know you haven't seen this fight yet, I'm assuming. but I have not. would recommend watching it. Uh, Andrade, I believe he's uh, 26 years old. Um, I want to say, I can't remember if this was Bantamweight or Featherweight. I want to say it was Featherweight. They're going to jump down my throat. 26 years old. This guy looks really good. And he's number four in our rankings right now. And he got the KO over Jeremy Picatu in the first round. And, I mean, his opponent was a bit outmatched. It was the second fight in one. But, I mean, his Jeremy is a guy who's fought 
for Brave CF before coming to one. So he was already fighting at a pretty high level. Um, I believe he was even undefeated coming into this fight or um, not far from it. But Fabricio, man, I mean, that guy looks dangerous, powerful, fast. He's a whole package. Yeah, I'm seeing it now on Sherdog, 24 years old. And he got it. It was a knee to the body. I mean, we know how we feel about those types of shots, too. Thank you. That kind of refreshed it for me. It was a body shot that ended it. I mean, didn't even have to go for any follow-ups. Like, his opponent just dropped, like, immediately done, turtled up, no follow-ups needed. I mean, it was a brutal finish, but it, it only lasted a minute, 37 seconds, but it was all Andrade, really. Yeah, man. He's... What is he? He's uh, 4 and 0 and 1 with three finishes on a six fight win streak in total. 24 years old. I mean, that's definitely someone to watch out for. Weight class on there? Um, it's got him listed at 145. So it says featherweight. Um, I'm imagining that's what it is, but one championship kind of does their weight classes a little different. But I'm guessing it's still featherweight there, if I'm not mistaken. No. Or yeah, that's right. They do have their weight classes like 10 pounds. Yeah, because they do like the water testing and stuff for the weight cuts. Right. Yeah. But yeah, one FC full circle. I thought it was a pretty good card. Yeah, I know they've got uh they've got one more event coming up. When is that? I just saw it. They've got a lights out happening on March 11th. But then their real big car, they're labeling it the biggest car they've ever had. They got one X on March 26th. That's going to be, of course, the day we're in. Columbus, knock on wood, that is for UFC Columbus, uh, Blades versus Dawkins, but two big cards coming up for one championship. I'm really excited for that 1X card. It sucks we won't be able to see it live, but tons of title fights. Demetrius Johnson, one championship's kind of on fire right now. Yeah, um, that is kind of tough that we're watching that. That card is when we're going to be in Columbus, but maybe we can, like, you know, I don't know, Dom. We can make a day out of it, man. We can grind. What yeah, I mean, listen, if we're, like, out meeting fighters and whatnot in Columbus, we'll have one championship on our phones, dude. Like, it's okay. We're good. I, mean, I hope I, I hope you're proven right that there's going to be fighters at that thing that we're going to. But if I'm there's not, not we need some money back. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, aren't they giving us food and drink? I mean, uh, I hope it's included. That'd be nice. I, I don't know. We might have to pay for it, but it might be available. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be disappointed either way, but it would be nice. Hey, can we get a couple fighters to be like, this is so-and-so, and and you're watching the below-average shows MMA. Right, right. We'll do a live green room with the fighters at the uh, party. We'll all just get drunk together and have a chit-chat. Yeah, see, I like like the way way that sounds, Dom. Green room shenanigans brought to you live from Columbus, Ohio. So I guess we're getting ready for this main event. It looks like the champion. Sweet Caroline playing, by the way. I'm glad you can hear that because I cannot. I I can't even hear it playing through the speakers. I just hear the Irish fans (laughs) singing it (laughs) as loud as they can. Yegard is so funny to me, man. He's so, um, like, chill. Like, looks like he's just about to go, I don't know, eat a piece of pizza or something. But no, he's about to defend his title for the second time. Undefeated Austin Vanderford. What a guy. I've enjoyed his his demeanor this fight week. I've really enjoyed because oh, yeah. typically oh, yeah. he can be a bit um, he always seems very annoyed uh, typically. Like when he was in the UFC, he was constantly just in pissy moods because he was being overlooked. <laughs> yeah. Very high profile matchups and even title fights. So, I mean, I'm not saying he didn't have a reason to be, but he did have a bit of that attitude. Now, though, like this fight week, and maybe this has been the case since he's been in Bellator or at least the last couple fights, he has this I don't give a fuck attitude. Yes. And I have to respect the hell out of it because yes. he's so accomplished that he's only 36, even though the fight years are. You know, I mean, he's got over 50 fights. His opponent, Austin Vanderford, literally 11-0, and 0, I think. Um, five times the amount of experience. That it's I mean, look very- at the tail of the tape here. I mean, what is that? Uh, 57 pro fights for Musasi to 11 for Vanderford, man. I mean, that really could pay dividends here. I'm, I'm always interested in the experience when new guy, newer guys fight veterans, but this is 
especially when we're talking for like titles. I, I don't know if I can recall a fight discrepancy that large in a title fight. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it, it, it doesn't typically happen that way either way, really. Typically, it takes you more than 11 pro fights to get to a title. Yeah, very and true. Typically, it t- you were not still fighting for a title when you fought 57 times. So for both of these guys, it's pretty remarkable. This is it. I'm, this is, I know I kind of uh, cut you off a little. You're about to say how interesting of a style uh, clash this was before the Irish faithful got uh, got me sidetracked, but it, it really is. We talked about it on the preview show. You know, Vanderford has that one skill set that he can really fall back on with his grappling and wrestling. But you look at Musasi, and while he doesn't necessarily have like one just outstanding skill set, he can do it all, man. He's he's so dangerous everywhere. That's why it is Vanderford. I don't think he can just walk through and utilize his grappling as easy as he has with others. I think he can still find success, but this this is interesting. It's pretty clear to me that if Vanderford can't get this fight to the ground, then this is going to be a tough match for him. I mean, oh, yeah. If it stays on the feet, you've got to lean Musasi heavily, you would think. While I still feel like Musasi, you know, he's so well-rounded that I don't feel like – yes, don't get me wrong. I think Vanderford's a much better wrestler. But I don't think that just – if this turns into a wrestling match, I'm not necessarily going to say that, like, Musasi doesn't have a chance. Right, so, right. It feels like Musasi has more routes to victory, but it's hard. It's so hard to look past that wrestling ability of Austin Vanderford, especially considering not too long ago, the last time Gegard had lost his belt, the first time he lost it, I should say, was to Rafael Lovato Jr., who implemented that kind of game plan against him. He used a lot of dominant positions, wrestling heavy attack, and Musasi just, I don't want to say like he, you know, he was in the fight. If I remember correctly, it was a majority decision. It wasn't even a, a unanimous. But um, this this is going to be one of those fights that I, I could see Vanderford starting out good early. You know, both guys going to be maybe a little over aggressive here early. Vanderford maybe to catch him off guard, get a takedown. But then, again, Musasi's gone five rounds a lot at this point. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Ford's never done it. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. The bell is rung. The main event has started. Musasi versus Vander Ford. This is going to be ah, – this is exciting. Uh, you know, Bellator again, we've talked about it. They had it such a big year in 2021, it felt like, and they're really coming off strong here to start 2022. We've got the Bantamweight Grand Prix coming up. We've got the huge cards in Paris, in London. We've got the big two title fight card in California in April. I mean, they're really – firing right now and dominic let's not forget even though it's not really happened yet but chris cyborg uh <laughs> yes versus kayla harrison is, is oh if they end up doing that yes our ongoing conspiracy is still in the works ladies and gentlemen don't forget saucy, not a conspiracy but saucy landing some really good shots early vanderford is getting tagged here a little bit for through yeah. the first he was in there swinging huh a little I didn't expect him to be that willing, but maybe he's okay with making it ugly. I don't know. You know, with Vanderford, they're oh, he's, oh man, he's, oh he's 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 hurt. Oh, he just wobbled. This might not be a very long main event. <laughs> the way it's looking oh, right now. Hold on. Oh, going for the desperate shoot. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Musasi wow. landing heavy, okay. heavy ground and pound. This is it. it. That's over. Just Damn like that. Still. One minute twenty-five seconds into the fight. Yegard Musasi defends his title the second time, gives Austin Vanderford the first loss of his career. Noah, he made it look easy. Wow. I definitely didn't see that coming. I did not see it coming like that. Wow. Wow. I don't know. It was the moment. I don't know. Vanderford willing to go in there and swing and recklessly like that with Musasi. That's not, that's not smart. That's. Man. Well, it, and, you know, we'll, we'll have to go back to this and, you know, let it simmer before I guess we, you know, obviously on our on our recaps that we right. do. Right, we can't get too much into the recap. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, obviously, we have more clear thoughts, but based off what I just saw, it, it kind of appeared, Dominic, like, you know, typically when you're a guy that's going to be, you know, the wrestling advantage, have that wrestling advantage, you have to find smart ways to close the distance on someone who has a reach advantage over you. Right. Austin Vanderford, while 
he looked like he was trying to do that. I think the hand speed of Musasi was actually a little bit too much for him. Um, wasn't able to block many shots, and pretty much as soon as he put him down, Vanderford, I mean, kind of turtled up there at the end. Yeah, that ground and pound was vicious too. Man, I mean, he was just kind of tapping him, just hit him on the right spots there. No big hooks or anything for Musasi, just real patient, precise shots. I mean, look how he – well, I guess he shot there, but, man – yeah, you're you're not kidding. The turtle up immediately on the ground and pound. Musasi's elbows was were raining down. What a what a big win for Musasi there, man. Right when you know it's not like we were questioning whether or not he still can compete with these younger guys, but you know you mentioned it, he's 36. He's been there and done that. How much more can he do? But he looks fresh right now from a minute and 25 seconds of action. That's for sure. Well, that's back to back matchups where I think. Coming off that Lovato loss, yes, I know he looked, you know, he kind of scraped by Leona Machida, which again, Machida, you know, legend. But at this point, for a guy like Musasi to be in a close fight with Leona Machida felt like a subpar performance. Uh-huh. But then he follows that up with the dominant win over Douglas Lima and then the John Salter win. So really, that's, I would say these. Back-to-back title uh, defending performances have been the most impressive. Even though you go before that, I mean, he had wins over Rory McDonald and yeah, Lima, who are bigger names. But I feel like these last two, the John Salter win and now here over Austin Vanderford, have showed how much Musasi has left in the tank. Yeah, and to be able to still finish and finish in such convincing fashion, I mean, wow. He really is, you know, just an OG of the fight game. He's been doing it for so long. We say it all the time. He's definitely one of the best fighters uh, to ever fight in the UFC and not get a title fight. I mean, the resume that this guy has is almost second to none. It's crazy. That is his, is it third title defense? I think that was his second defense on the of this title reign. Is it? Okay. I think so. Let me, I'll, I have a sure dog here. You don't care to check that because I'm trying to do the old tweet and talk at the same time, and my brain doesn't work that way. So let's see. He lost to Lovato. Uh, he beat Lyoto Machida. Now, was Machida – that was not for the belt, right? I thought that was in a grant. Wasn't that in – no, I, I don't think that was for the belt. So he won the belt against Douglas Lima. Okay, so it's um, and then he defended against Salter and now Vanderford. So, man, what does that move him to now? Let's see. He's uh six and one in Bell or seven and one now in Bellator. What's crazy too? I'm looking back on his record here. One, two, three, four, five. He was on a five fight win streak in the UFC when they let him go. Just, I mean, that usually it's the other way around, you know. Well, this guy had I don't think five, they let five. him go. I think they just they Bellator threw more money at him. And I think yeah, they, and he kind of just walked. He was kind of fed up with the UFC. Crazy. No, His no. last win in the UFC was 2017 against Chris Weidman. Wow, and it was a TKO. Trying to think of how to word this tweet. Uh, you're just much better at this than me, I think. Hey, man, no, you're good. <laughs> Do you typically put, like, you know how you put unanimous decision below your your statement? Uh-huh. Do you put TKO in the same way? No, so I usually the method of victory I'll put somewhere in like my paragraph, but if you want to do it that way, you definitely can. So I'll usually say somewhere in there, you know, as you know, Yegard, Musasi just gets a TKO somewhere in that paragraph, and then uh here we are now. All right, we got it. You're a beast. Yeah, I know. It's kinda of what I do. <laughs> Scott Cooper's yeah, always help. taking pics with the people after the fights. I respect I, it. I can't help but feel like Vanderford was cursed by that MTV style little video they did for him and Paige right before this contest. I mean, I, I said I liked it, but you know, when I was comparing it to the shows of my childhood, like parental control and next, I said they were, <laughs> they were douchey intros. So right. I can't help but feel like Austin Vanderford perhaps, uh, gets a death there from that video. 
Also, I just had an epiphany as uh, Scott Coker was in there taking a picture with Yegard. I, I kind of took a good hard look at him. Does he look like the 50-year-old version of Hasbulla? Anyone? Anyone can agree with me? I'm just I'm curious. He was making a face without smiling, and it looked just like a 50-year-old Hasbulla. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Anyways, Scott Coker, good guy. I just tweet that off my personal account. I did. <laughs> Hey, copy and paste it at least first, and yeah. then delete it. Uh, that's so tough. It's hard to do these at the same time. But at least, you know, that, that card moved quick. Can I just say I appreciate that Bellator moved that card along pretty smoothly? At least It, it did, like sure. I mean, let's see. The main card started at 4 p.m. Eastern. It's 6.27. Two and a half hours, five-fight main card down the drain there. Maybe that's pretty normal for most people that, you know, maybe that's a normal fight card time. It just felt quick to me. Yeah, I mean, three of those fights went the distance, too, so. Yeah, I guess that – is that the case? Yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they had a uh, Lugo won by decision, yeah. Magomed Sheripov, and then uh, Sinead Kavanaugh. Yeah, can we say Magomed Sheripov, you know. Living up to the name. Look, I know Zabit's status is up in the air, but Kassan, and he's only <laughs> 21 years old, and that was his second performance in Bellator. First time out, I'm pretty sure he shined on the feet. Here he does it with the wrestling. I mean, he is going to be a problem here soon for, for the – is he in the – is he also a featherweight or is he a bantamweight? He's a – yeah, he's a featherweight as well. Wow, he is only 21. I didn't know that. That is crazy, man. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of expected a well-rounded skill set out of him just because, again, his brother is one of the most <laughs> terrifyingly well-rounded guys we've seen. But to be that far along at 21 years old is just uh, ultra impressive. Yeah, he really they, – they're both so well-rounded, man. It was nice to see Zabit uh, in the corner. It just feels like forever since we've got to see him. I can only hope we get to see him fight in the UFC again, man. I don't know. He he. It seems so up in the air with him because his coach will post like a. Did you see? Do you remember when they he posted that graphic of Zabit like acting like Zabit was back and stuff? Right, right. That was six months ago, and then we haven't heard anything since. So, you know, apparently he's kind of contemplating not doing it anymore, and you know that 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 would be one of the biggest what ifs in MMA history. I would have to say. Oh, very much. They just showed the card for Bellator 276 happening on March 12th. Was that what that said? I believe it was March 12th. Yeah, that's the one with um, Borix and Burnell, co-main Paul Daly, or I'm sorry, Phil Davis and uh, crap. Julius Anglicus. Yes, yes, thank you. So I'm curious, Dom, you are a big Phil Davis guy. or How are you feeling about that co-main spot for him and uh, Anglicus? That that's gonna be interesting. I mean, you know how high I was on his performance against Yoel. I thought he looked really good. It said more to me about him than necessarily where Yoel's at in this point of his career. But Anglicus, he's coming off that title loss, so he's looking to bounce back. He's a super well-rounded guy too. Uh, too but Phil Davis really has that skill set, the wrestling to fall back on. It should be a good fight. I, like I said on our uh, preview show or one of our shows, I think last week when the fight got announced, it's a fight where I think Phil Davis can really solidify that he's still right there kind of waiting in the midst for when that uh light heavyweight grand Prix, uh, grand prix excuse me finishes up i think that's in april so i'm i'm team phil davis right now man i love that performance that he had yeah i know you were a big fan of that i i again i i came to kind of expect those kind of performances out of phil davis but to do it against Yoel romero right who yes maybe is a bit past his prime but we were kind of thinking maybe he had something left more than what he had shown there. Um, you know, that said something. And with a win, who knows? He might be right back in the title picture. I mean, he's still ranked number two. Yeah, very true. I'm, I'm looking at that card. What else has happened? That card's that's the one in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, John Salter's actually on that card as well. I know we were just talking about him losing to uh, – Yegard, he's fighting Johnny Evelyn. Kazangani is on that card. You know our thoughts on that one. Our ongoing featherweight conspiracy, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, we're we're definitely thinking. I don't know what you guys think, but 
to me, it comes off that Kat Zingano getting booked against on a, on a prelim fight when she was supposed to be next for Chris Cyborg's title. I mean, something's off. Bellator has to be pretty confident that Kayla Harrison might be flipping and going to them. I don't know. That's that's what I'm thinking. But no, man, it's so weird. She's fighting uh, Pam Sorensen that night. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad fight, but when her and Chris Cyborg were both on board with going for, you know, fighting for the belt. Oh, yeah. Out of nowhere, that doesn't happen. We don't really hear anything about Kat Zingano. Dominic, I also want to talk to you. I heard this from Ariel Hawani. I got to give him credit. He kind of mentioned that Chris Cyborg's contract is up in the summer. And then maybe this is all going to be sort of leveraged the Kayla Harrison fight for that to really come to fruition. Ah. Cyborg might need a new contract for that to happen. So um, things could get very interesting there, considering Bellator did seem to, at the 11th hour, throw a contract at uh, Kayla Harrison. I know, man. It's uh, there's it's crazy that we're still in this free agent frenzy, if you will, for Kayla. I mean. There's not been many in recent years that have felt as big as her, you know, in terms of the name value. But the fact that it's going on now for, I mean, the PFL finals were in October. So we're going on five months now, free agency. She's ready to fight. I like that. I didn't know about Cyborg's contract. So, I mean, if you want to talk leverage, that's literally one of the biggest fights uh, that Bellator can do right now. So if that's a way to keep Cyborg, I'm sure that uh, tickles her fancy, as I like to say on the show all the time. What's so crazy is as big of a fight as that could be, and it, it, for all we know, it could be the biggest fight. I'm talking financially, right? Uh, viewership-wise, that Bellator could do and maybe has done in a long time since the Kimbo Slice days, perhaps. But um, it, it kind of feels like if this really comes to fruition, they may not make much money off this fight at all, considering the amount of money they're going to have to pay. They're going to have to throw the bag for Cyborg to fight. But you know what? More power to them. Uh, Get those bags, ladies. You know what I mean? I love it, dude. I love it. And And I'm I'm looking at the schedule. Sorry. I know we're February 25th, so they got an event March 12th, April 15th, May 6th, May 13th. I mean, their schedule is kind of full. We're looking now – potentially not till June. Um, and I'm just ready to see them both back in there. That's a long layoff for what would be both ladies by that time around too, you know? It would be. But, again, when you have a, a pretty massive fight like this, it's kind of the way it goes. Yeah, very true. Very Apparently, true. Apparently there's talks that, uh, again, I'm getting this from Ariel. So, you know, hey, shout out to him. <laughs> <laughs> Go subscribe to him. Go follow right, him. Right. As if you don't know who he is already. But it, it does seem interesting that, he said that apparently the new talks for Poirier versus Diaz is that it might not happen till August. So, August. Yeah, which you know that's that that's tough to hear, but it, it's like at the same time, I mean, does anything really ever come easy when you get these guys in these high-profile situations? Like whether it's boxing, MMA, you know, it, it feels like these big fighters, the ones that are nearing or even above the promotion it's like it feels like it moves at a snail's pace to get a fight done and i know man i know it seems to be no different that could really raise the stakes even more for those two i mean in august that would be nearly that would be over a year for nate diaz it would be almost a year for dustin poirier since they last fought you have to think that they're not getting any younger i mean for the loser of that fight uh, it could be a really a uh, tough wake-up call, maybe. Yeah, and I know we really transitioned. I guess we're just in the you know contract negotiation talk now, talking about this fight. But like, it just makes you wonder what really was the holdup between those two. Was it just the money? Because Dustin and Nate, you want to talk about people? You know, we're talking about Zingano and uh, Chris Cyborg tweeting back and forth to one another, seeming that it was a done deal. What more could Dustin and Nate have done to confirm that they wanted to fight? And I'm gonna. I'm going to fight for this hill, Noah, that that, I still think it's a bit of a miss that we couldn't co-headline that fight five rounds with Masvidal and Covington coming up here in a a week's time too, man. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, and that's no disrespect to what we did get. Oh, no, not at all. The Hoffael squared. (laughs) Yes. But, but, you know, it does feel like a missed opportunity because you stack those two on one another. I mean, that's a huge card without a title on it, but it still feels like one of the biggest cards of the year. Right. 
I, I think, though, Dominic, the reason why I don't think it's happened, I mean, it's kind of the thing everybody said is, like, the reason why, and it's Nate's contract situation. You know, yeah, It's got to be. He's got the one fight left. It's obvious that, you know, there's some uh, tug-of-war going on where the UFC doesn't really want to give him that kind of leverage where he could maybe go make a big payday boxing like a Paul brother or something. But then – at the same time, Nate Diaz doesn't want to give in and fight someone like Hamzat Shemaev, who is a terrible matchup for him at this point in his career. It's an interesting battle, but I hate it because instead we don't get the fights that we want. Exactly. I just want to see those two fights so much. It's just it's such the uh, it's such a perfect stylistic matchup. It makes sense in their careers, the rivalry. It stinks. Yeah. So I, I guess just to bring it back to Bellator. Yeah, we kind of rambled there, huh? A little bit. <laughs> um. What were your thoughts overall on Bellator 275? You know, you have the hot crowd over in Ireland. They always come out. But uh, as far as the fights, main card-wise, overall, how did you feel about them? It was good. I enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, there were some takeaways. Musasi's the standout performance to look that good in such a short time against undefeated Vanderford. Kavanaugh's heart to fight through and beat McCourt was second to none. And, you know, Leah McCourt, her heart as well. I thought her arm was literally going to be snapped off of her damn body for crying out loud. So that was definitely the two biggest things for me. We talked about, you know, Magomed Sharipov, how he just looked so well-rounded. It was it was a fun card. I know we had uh, 13 fights. There were seven finishes. It was a good card, a good showing. They have so much Irish talent in Bellator. So the more that they can keep capitalizing on that market and having shows over there, the better. It's so entertaining from a uh, – a fan standpoint, not even being in the arena, but watching it live on TV and just hearing the energy in that arena. you ha- I couldn't imagine being a fighter in that atmosphere. Yeah, overall, it, it was a good card. Um, I, I guess it kind of depends on what you're looking for. You know, the main event goes short, but happens in such emphatic fashion for Musasi that, I mean, it feels like a big deal. Co-main event was... Just, I mean, you just have to appreciate the amount of heart and will that both women showed here. You know, Leah McCourt, I'm not sure how compromised her arm was, but it did not look like it should be bending in the direction it was for (laughs) that first round. And then Sinead Cavanaugh, her, I mean, she probably tore her ACL for all we know, and she was able to still win the fight and battle through an entire round with her entire left leg just being on dicey footing you know right right but i mean mean, the big disappointment is probably that uh feature belt sierra and clark and and abu tunkara it looked like it was going to be a really fun fight yes and even tunkara might have won round one again i wasn't able to watch it because i was driving home but i was listening to the commentary in the car and it kind of seemed like tunkara was winning that round do you disagree on that or no i mean that was definitely the case and you know, you look at that fight going in. I mean, Clark was the guy with a lot of momentum. He was the guy from Ireland. He was undefeated. Obviously, he's still undefeated. So, you know, we had a potential upset in the making for Abdu, who was now 7-3. and three. He looked good. Hopefully, the shoulder injury is nothing crazy. You know, we don't like seeing those freak things. It was weird. But uh, still, Clark was able to weather a storm in round one. That's always worth a little bit of something. But it does feel like we had a really good fight cut short due to injury, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and then Lugo and Magomed Sharipov, these are both guys that I think Bellator want to invest some in, and they both look pretty pretty flawless here, I would say, for the most part. I mean, Magomed Sharipov, the fact that Jose Sanchez made it to a decision maybe disappoints some because I think most people didn't expect that fight to go to distance, but Sanchez really just kind of weathered it. I mean, he, he got dominated the entire fight, but just was able to do enough to kind of keep the the, the ref from uh, stepping in and stopping the fight. Yeah, and I can't get over the fact that still, you know, you look at Magomed Sharipov, we know how good Zabit is, but, you know, you look at Kassan here, and he's, you know, 21 years old, 7-0, and already to have two wins under your belt in Bellator. I mean, this is a guy that can really make a splash and probably rather quickly due to that name value as well. And when you're performing so well in the uh, in the cage – you're so well-rounded in the striking and the grappling. Like, he can really catapult himself in no time, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, Dominic, do you have any 
final thoughts before we probably wrap this up? Final thoughts is that I had a really fun time. Again, this was a different kind of take. It was obviously our first time doing this, but compared to our previews and recaps, being able to kind of sit together live, obviously we can't see each other, but we don't get to watch fights obviously together much more because we're different states. So it was cool to kind of get live reactions, kind of breaking down the fight as they go. I had a lot of fun. And I'm really looking forward to doing more of these, you know, in the future. Uh, it, it was a blast, if I'm being honest. Yeah, we have a, we had a couple people in here, and we still have a couple in here. So thank you guys for for listening in. Uh, we we did it like this uh, in this kind of style because this is going to be uploaded to our uh, Spotify for our podcast afterwards, the Below Average Joe's MMA Podcast. You can find us Spotify, YouTube, wherever. Uh, this will be on the Spotify page for that. Uh, this is going to be something we're going to do moving forward, even if it's just the two of us in here. We're going to be kind of live watching fights like this. We'd hope to do like a whole card right. at some point and maybe do more UFC, but it's hard because Dominic is a popular guy, so a lot of people like <laughs> to watch fights with him. Well, I'm by myself out here in Indiana. so That means Noah can just host if need be by himself and everyone just come in here and hang out with Noah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, be on the lookout. Uh, if you kind of liked what we did here, just be on the lookout for us in the future. We'll post it on our socials and whatnot. But uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, guys. See ya.